This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. So I'm excited for the word this morning. How many of you excited for the word this morning? Three people, okay? I heard a whoo and then a few hands. Let's try that again. How many people excited for the word this morning? All right. Awesome. Sounds good. I want to title my message this morning. We've got to go real fast because we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, we're going to title the message this morning, Worship Against All Odds. Worship Against All Odds. I touched on this subject a little bit a few days ago when uh, we were, um, when we were, um, give me one second, when we were... Um, here uh, during our um, during our our 21 days of fast. So last week, uh, I think it was on Wednesday. No, was it on Thursday morning? Actually, when when we were here, uh, I touched on this subject, and I want to spend some time uh, actually actually elaborating a little more on what we talked about on that particular day. Uh, worship is important. Worship is important to God. Worship is important to uh, you know uh, the 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 very DNA of our church. One of the things that we hold dearly. Uh, is the fact that one of our DNAs, one of the, 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 the strands, of the five strands of DNA as we call it, and, and you'll learn more about it in Grow Track. If you haven't gone through Grow Track, we had nine people that went through Grow Track last, uh, last Sunday. Woohoo! Welcome, guys. Put your hands together. Welcome the new people that just joined our team. We're so excited for you guys. But, uh, but, but as you go through Grow Track, there are a few things that you will, uh, you will come to realize. And uh, one of those things are there, there's these five strands of DNA, love and, 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 and different things, but I don't want to get into those things. But one of those strands is what we call worship, right? Worship is essential. Worship is kind of like the, the uh, what do I say, the, the ABCs of what we do here at church. It's the underlying theme of everything we do here at Commission Church. We, we value worship highly. Okay, uh, and, and one of the things that drive us to worship is because of who we see God as. Uh, we see God as our sovereign provider. We see him as all loving, all powerful. And that's the God that we love. That's the God that we serve. You know, oftentimes we come into impossible situations in our lives. On, on Thursday, I touched on this. There are so many impossible situations that we face uh, day after day. But I have good news for each one of us, right? The good news is this, that, that, that through all your difficult situations, through all your impossible situations probably, I need you to understand and you need to know that God is still on the throne. That's something that we always talk about, right? The problems that we face. In Exodus chapter number 14, we're introduced to this beautiful story where Moses is leading the people of Israel out and, and, and leading them uh, through the desert. And man, the, actually the, the first stage of that process, over that 40 year, 40 year process, and, and he's trying to lead them out, getting out of Egypt, uh, out of slavery, the 40 years of slavery that they've been in. And he's, he's trying to take them out and they're standing in front of this sea that is blocking them from going ahead. And the Bible talks about this in Exodus chapter 14. So read with me. We're going to read a lot here today. So read with me. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, this is what the Bible says. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth before Baal-Zephon. 
And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid. And the Bible said the children of, children of Israel cried out to the Lord. A desperate situation that they're in. Someone say desperate. Verse 11, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us to bring us out of Egypt? Like they were basically saying slavery was better than this right? Verse 12, is this not the word that you told us in Egypt saying, let us alone? That, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we would die, than we should die in the wilderness. But listen to this. Here comes a man of God. Here comes a praying man. Here comes a man that seeks after God's heart. Am I, am I talking to somebody? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to some people sitting here that I am challenging you to be a Moses in desperate situations that you're facing. Desperate situations are going to tell you different things, but here's what Moses says. He says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Close your eyes with me. Father, speak to us through this word, God. Give me the ability to break this word down. And I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts. And God, we will be filled in our spirits as we approach this year. And if you've given us the word to build, I pray, God, that this will be a season that we will see your face and we will see you fighting for us, and we will learn how to trust in you. Speak to us through this word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The children of Israel are in an impossible situation. I don't know what impossible situation you are in right now. It could be in your job. It could be in your finances. It could be in your relationships. It could be in your education. It could be a situation that you're afraid about. You don't know about the next class that you have. You don't know if you're going to pass. You don't know if you're going to fail. You have no idea if your marriage is going to work out. You have no idea if your children are going to, you know, pass through those, those, those challenges, those allergies. It, it could be uh, some kind of sickness or illness that you were dealing with as a family some kind of impossible situation that you might be in. The children of Israel in an impossible situation. To their left and to the right are a tower of rocks in the desert. Getting right out of Egypt, you would see a tower of rocks all across the wilderness. And right in the front is this big sea that is daunting them, that is, that is intimidating them. They're literally surrounded by big problems and they have little time to think and find the solution and plan their escape, so to speak. What is it that we first do when we are faced with impossible situations? What is the way out of this situation? How can I find my way out? What are the things that I need to do to make sure that, the, is my money in place? We go to a bank balance. Do we have enough money to make sure that we fight this situation? Do we have the lawyers to fight this situation? Do we have the medication? Do we have the doctors? Do we have the insurance? These are the first things that come to our mind. Risk management experts would have stepped right in and they would have told, they would have told Moses and said, Moses, these are the things that you have to do. This is, the, this is the way that you have to guide the people of Israel. One, lift the surrender banner. He'd have been like, man, bro, this, there's no escaping from this. These guys are coming after you. They're going to kill you. They're going to, you know, the, the enemy is going to, they're, they're going to surround you. They're going to, you're done with. So the best thing for you to do is without losing your lives, lift the surrender banner and say, I surrender, Right? Risk management experts would have told him, point number two, they would have told him, take chances, 
take the chances that you can take, right? Mobilize the people quickly. Give them the weapons that you can give them. Give them a boot camp. Tell them how to fight. Show them some martial arts, mixed MM, whatever it is, and mobilize them. Give them the ability to go and do whatever they can. Chariots and horses and all. But mobilize whatever you can. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Risk management experts would have told them, delay your capture. Delay your capture. Run and hide behind the rocks. All right, he would have, they would have told them, run in a hundred different directions, go different, just, just scatter so that a few people will be caught and a few people can escape. Am I talking to somebody? The risk management experts would have, been, would have said, preserve the children. A group of y'all just take all the children and run away and a few people surrender and give up your lives. That's what risk, risk management experts would have said. However, God, through his prophet Moses, gives them a threefold solution. That today I pray that we will take a spiritual warfare today into worship because worship is one of the biggest tools that God gives us in the, in the face of our impossibilities, in the face of, our, of, of situations that scare us, that put us down, that disappoint us, that you think there is no way out. And it's completely different from risk management experts. This will shock you, but in the middle of the impossibility, God speaks a word through the people, to the people through his prophet Moses, and he said, do not be afraid. Someone say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, stand still. Someone say, stand still. Stand say, see the salvation of the Lord. The Threefold. He's basically saying, do not be afraid. Or he's looking at the risk management expert and saying, don't be afraid. Don't, you don't need to surrender. Surrendering is, is an act of being afraid. Surrendering is basically saying, I fear, I have, I'm afraid that of the outcome of what might happen. And to preserve self-preservation often causes you to surrender. So many of us surrender to the will of the enemy. And so many of us surrender to the ways and the tactics of the enemy because we don't want to trust God. And trust when the word tells us, do not be afraid. We don't want to take that to heart. But God is reminding us, man, do not be afraid. Don't panic. The second thing he says is stand still. He's refuting what the risk management expert would say in saying, don't fight back. Don't get your weapons together. Don't give them a crash course on MMA or how to fight. Don't, don't do all of that. Just stand still. They're coming at you. They're coming at you with weapons and horses. Just stand still. Come on, somebody. This is, this is crazy talk. This is, pastor, okay, let's be real now. Yeah, that's what the Bible says, but let's be real now. When everything in life comes against us, are we just to stand still? That's what the Bible says. He says, see the salvation of the Lord. He's saying, see deliverance, see breakthrough, see God coming through. That word, that word salvation means freedom. Come on, somebody. In the middle of a situation that screams Lock them up in the, in the middle of a situation that screams, there's no escape. God is reminding them there is freedom. That's always the message of hope. The message of hope always reminds us that God is always on the throne. It's not easy to relax in the face of danger. It's, it, it's, it seems not the practical thing to do in the time of distress to relax and, and, and relax in the presence of rest in the presence of God. But here's what I'm here to remind you about. You cannot overcome fear unless you bring the problem to God in prayer. That's the first thing that he did was go into the press. They, they, they cried to the Lord. You cannot overcome fear unless you bring your problem to God in prayer. We've been talking about this over this last week. How many of us resort to praying first? I want us to resort to praying first before anything else that we do in our lives. 
You cannot stand still and hold your peace unless you learn to trust and, 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 and give everything into the power of God. Standing still has a lot to do with trusting God. Standing still, it has a lot to do with, oh man, I have no idea. It's like, it's like those, those people that say, stand still, don't, don't, don't flinch. I'm, I'm a punch right in your face, right? They're not going to hit you, but they're trying to test if you're going to blink or not. Guess what? Your instinct kicks in and your instinct says what? Blink. Your instinct says run. Your instinct says, are you crazy? Look at it from a human standpoint. The human standpoint is screaming to you and saying, go the other direction. But the third thing is this. You cannot visualize the salvation or the freedom of the Lord unless you immerse yourself in a lifestyle of praise and worship. Worship is so important. How you set yourself up in praise and prayer and worship will dictate how you face your impossible situations in your life. Are you struggling to face impossible situations? Are you struggling to navigate through your impossible situations? The problem probably lies in your ability not to pray, not to trust, and not to worship. This is important for us to consider. There the, the most the three important things that Moses is revealing to the people through this. The most important weapons is prayer, the power of God, the praise and worship. When he says, don't panic, bring the problem to God in prayer, he's basically saying, don't be afraid. When he's saying that, don't be afraid, that's exactly what he, when he's saying, stand still, he's saying, don't try to solve this problem by yourself, but trust in the power of God. When he's saying, see the salvation and the freedom of God, what he's saying is, do not complain, visualize the victory through praise and worship. This is important, church. As we look to the Lord today in prayer through this 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I know a lot of us are praying and fasting this last seven days, and I challenged you guys at the beginning of the fast. You know, there's this beautiful passage of scripture, and I just use that as an introduction, but there's this beautiful passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and in, in chapter number 20, where uh, this, this, the children of Israel, again, are in this situation facing an impossible situation. And God is raising this man called Jehoshaphat to guide them and lead them. Some of y'all probably know this story, but it's a beautiful story. And, and this is where we can actually apply this, this principle of, hey, how, how can we take this principle of standing still and seeing the salvation of God through the praise and worship? I want you to listen to this. All right, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, verse number one. This is where we're going. After this, the armies of the Moabites... Ammonites and some of the Meonites declared war on Jehoshaphat. They declared war. What are the things that are declaring war on you today? Verse 2. Messenger, messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already in Hazazon Tamar. This was another word for Engedi. Now, now, it's kind of an introduction, okay? And essentially saying, hey, you know what? Bad news is coming, right? It, it, it's basically saying that Israel is finding themselves in another national danger. They're actually facing three different groups of people. This wasn't Pharaoh and his army anymore. This was three different groups of people. I'm not going to repeat the names because they're hard names. And they, I probably won't say it the same way I said it earlier. It's hard names. But man, you're going to see how beautifully Jehoshaphat is going to use this threefold strategy that we just talked about, that Moses declared over the people of Israel. I feel that was powerful. When we declare, fathers, mothers, when we declare over our children, I encouraged you guys in the devotional the other day, pray for your kids. Encourage your kids to pray. 
involve your kids in prayer. What you model for them, the way that you pray, the way that you lead them in prayer is so powerful, church. Okay, You would see that the model that Moses set for the people of Israel was a model that Jehoshaphat uses right over here. All right, Facing the impossible, what do they do? Verse number three, read with me. Jehoshaphat was alarmed by this news and sought the Lord for guidance. The first thing he did, he receives the news. He receives the bad news. He receives the, the impossible situation. He looks right in the face of impossibility. And the first thing he does is not call doctors. He doesn't go to Google, given that there was no Google back then. But hey, I'm telling you, this is what I do. Can I hear an amen? He didn't go to, he didn't go to WebMD. He didn't go to Wikipedia. And a lot of y'all still look for medical advice on Wikipedia. <laughs> the first thing he does is that he gives everyone orders that throughout Judah, they must observe a fast. Come on, somebody. I remember the days that my family was going through hard times and my mom would say, I'm not cooking today. <laughs> you either fast or you starve. There's a difference between the two in case. Go to my message four weeks ago and you'll, you'll know what the difference is. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. Okay, nobody cooked food. Everybody said, we're going to fast and we're going to pray in the presence of God. All right, they all came to seek the Lord from all the towns, they came together to assemble with one vision, with one purpose. They came, someone say, came together. Jehoshaphat stood before the people of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord and he, he prayed and he said, O Lord, God of ancestors, you alone are God in heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You're powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our Lord, won't you stop them? We are powerless against the mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you to help. You know what he does? The first thing he does is in the face of the impossible, he uses the weapon called prayer. Someone say prayer. prayer. Say pray first. pray first. This is important church. I encourage you. Let this be your practice. Let this be a lifestyle in the middle of any impossible situation. I thank God for each one of you that message me and text me and say, pastor, I'm going through a very hard time. My family's going through a hard time. My brother's going through a hard time. My father, my mother going through a hard time. Would you pray for our family? The first thing I know that you always do is seek the face of God. I'm encouraged as a pastor when that happens. It's so important to seek the face of God. Say, pray first. They use prayer. How do they pray? Sometimes we don't know how to pray, church. How many of you have been in those situations where you don't know how to pray? It's so hard to pray. You're like, I don't know how to pray, God. I don't know if I should pray that you heal this cancer, you take away this cancer. I don't know if you, I need to pray that you give me strength to bear the burdens, like to bear the pain. I don't know, God, like how do you want me, like how do I pray for this child that is sick? How do I pray for this person that has just lost a loved one? Because you don't know how to pray, you just, you know, send heart emojis. You say, I'm thinking about you. Thoughts are with you. But sometimes we just got to get in the presence of God and say, admit and say, Lord, I don't know how to pray, but I'm going to pray your word. Guess what Jehoshaphat says? He says, oh God of ancestors, he says, oh God, won't you stop them? Every word that he uses is from the word of God. He, he gives God the praise. He gives God the glory. He reminds himself through this prayer of who God is. When you don't know how to pray and what to pray, and when you don't know the will of God, just reiterate who God is in your life. Reiterate and tell yourself, speak to your soul, speak to your heart, tell 
yourself that the God that did it yesterday, the question he asks is, won't you stop them? He says, I'm powerless, God. He says, we are powerless against this mighty army, acknowledging that, man, this, this might be a crazy fight, God, but I'm powerless, but I know who is powerful. That is my God, my God, my God. He is powerful. I want to submit to you today, church. And the Bible says this in verse 13. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Bring your family in prayer. Submit your family in prayer. Teach your children how to pray. Pray first. That's not my, I'm, I'm getting to my main point. The second thing that they did facing the impossible situation, they stood still and they trusted in the power of God. In, in chapter number, uh, sorry, in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 14, as we go down and continue reading the passage, the scripture, the, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, blah, 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 who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, verse 15, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Oh, this is good. It wasn't King Jehoshaphat. Here's what happens when people come together with one vision. God can speak to anybody. Yeah, that's good. Oh, Pastor, God doesn't speak to me. You probably need to show up and pray. Oh, Pastor, God doesn't answer my prayers. When's the last time you agreed with somebody in prayer? When did you stand with somebody in agreement with prayer? When did you share your prayer requests with somebody? Oh, Pastor, nobody knows what we're going through. Did you share that with somebody? Did you ask somebody to pray with you? Did you share your request? Did you say, hey, shoulder, stand shoulder to shoulder with me? No, it's a sign of weakness for a lot of us. But Jehoshaphat didn't hide. He basically said, man, I'm a king. I'm powerful. I'm strong. We have an army. But this, this is not a battle that's going to be won by armies or by weapons or by, or by Medicaid or medical insurance or the, the best of doctors or the, the best of advice or all the money in my bed. This is not a battle that's going to be won that way. God has to come through in this impossible situation. He acknowledged that. And guess what? Because he acknowledged that, it had a trickling effect on people and somebody just came up and said, hey, I want to speak life over you. Do you know that sometimes leaders are weak? Sometimes I'm weak in my body and sometimes I'm, I don't have the faith. I have to, I, and you know, pastor would, right? You, you don't have the faith. You're the pastor of the church. How dare you not have faith? Sorry, I don't. Sometimes I'm weak. Sometimes I don't trust. Sometimes I have difficulty trusting and believing. And that's when I have amazing leaders and elders and, 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 and servant leaders in this church. And, and encouragement comes in crazy ways. This week, I had so many of you messaging me and encouraging me. You know what? That's important when somebody can step up and say, I'm going to be the prophetic voice. I'm, in, I'm, I'm trusting each one of you, church to be able to step up and minister to the church, to minister to one another. Pastoral ministry is just not me, you know, just praying for people. It, it, sometimes it can get a lot. It, it, can get, it, it can get tiresome. It can get burdensome. But God raises people like you and me that can sit in, on a Sunday service and listen to these sermons Sunday after Sunday, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I pray that you will take that word and you will be able to pour it out into other people. And this man just got up and he said, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. He says, tomorrow, wake up in the morning and march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up to the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. March. 
Don't fight. Keep walking, keep talking, keep, keep fasting, keep praying. Don't sit down and rot. He says, march, just make that journey. Do what you got to do. Some of us need to hear that word. Don't just sit back and relax. Some of us need to be active. Do something. Go out of your comfort zone. He says, get out. Don't be intimidated. Don't just sit back and say, come to us. No, get up. March against them. But you don't even have to lift a finger. When God is on your side, he doesn't just kid around. He says, I will fight your battles. I will send my angel armies around you. He says, you don't even need to fight. Take your positions. That's what he, he says, take your positions. What is the position? Kneel. Some of y'all need to kneel in prayer. Some of us need to fall prostrate in the presence of God in worship. Some of us, when no one is worshiped, it's just not a Sunday morning thing. Some of us need to just give ourselves and surrender to God and say, God, I will take my position in prayer. And that position means standing still sometimes. That position means, you know, surrendering my heart to God sometimes and saying, I fully trust in your ability, your power, your might. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now, here's my point. Are you ready for this? Look at someone and say, he's just starting his message. <laughs> All the new people were like, oh, I got lunch appointments. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Facing the impossible. Here's the most important thing. You need to know how to praise and worship God. It's, we don't just praise and worship God in the good times. And when everything is good and nice and amazing, you learn how to worship God even in the face of impossibility. True worship is revealed in the face of impossibility. I pray that we will have courage as men and women of God that can stand up and say, God, in the face of the most impossible situations in my life, I want to learn how to trust in you, God. I want to learn how to worship. In verse number 18, the Bible says, And King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. Bowed down with his face to the ground. What does that mean? God, I don't want to show my face. It's hide me, God. I'm the king, but hide me. I'm not the one that's going to do this. I don't want the credit. Hide me, God. Some of us need to pray that prayer and say, God, hide me. It's not my ability. It's not my power. It's not my will. It's not my abilities. It's not my skills. It's not my talents. It's not my name. It's nothing, God. If there's something that's going to get me out of this, it's nothing that I've done. It's only God that will get the glory out of this. Somebody say amen. He bowed down with his face to the ground in a, in a position of surrender, in a position of prayer, in a position of saying, God, I look to you, God. I'm nothing. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same. Now get, now get this. What you do in worship as a leader, what you emulate in worship as a leader, your kids are watching. Your wife is watching closely. Your husband's watching closely. It is so powerful when you and I surrender ourselves to God and say, God, I am going to lead from the front. I'm going to set that culture for my family. I'm going to teach my family that prayer comes first, worship comes first. And when I pray, everybody, someone say they followed. They did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud shout. 
Early next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Oh, man. If you didn't say amen there, I don't know what you'll say amen to. What do you need breakthrough over? Some of us need to reevaluate our praise and worship. Our lifestyle of praise and worship. You're needing some kind of breakthrough in some kind of circumstance, some kind of situation. You're probably needing a breakthrough in your own Christian experience, in your life of faith. Either you're feeling dry, you're, you're seeming, you know, having, you, you, you hit the ceiling. You're praying for breakthrough in our, in our church's corporate expression of praise and worship. And today, that breakthrough, I'm telling you, is found in praise and worship. Psalms 150. Can I paraphrase Psalms 150 for you? It says, praise him if you're here. Praise him if you're there. Don't just praise him on Sunday mornings, is what he's saying. Praise him everywhere. Praise him if he's done this for you. Praise him if he's done that for you. Which means if he's done good or if he's allowed bad, praise, praise him. Praise him if you can play any kind of instrument. Praise him if you can just crash a cymbal. You know what that means? It doesn't mean the drums. Even if you don't know how to play an instrument, man, even if you could just go up, it doesn't take skill to crash a cymbal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It doesn't take talent to crash a cymbal. You could just take the drumsticks and you can go crash. I'm good at playing drums because I know how to crash a cymbal. That's what he's saying. He's saying, man, just, just do it. Just crash. Like, even if you know or don't know is what he's saying. You don't need to know an instrument to praise God. Oh. Verse 6. Finally, if you don't fall into any of the above categories, if you're still breathing, will you praise him? Oh. Don't give me a reason as to why you can't pray. Don't give me a reason and justify why your arms are crossed during worship. Come on, somebody. I'm stepping on some toes this morning. The Bible encourages and tell us, tells us and exhorts us and encourages us to, commands us to praise him. That's what the Bible says. What is praise? Oh, that's easy, right? What is praise? It's, it's a fast, the first two fast songs that we sing where our hands go like this. That's praise songs. No, it's not. What's worship? It's the two slow songs we sing after. See, in the New Testament, praise and worship, glory and honor are all translated from this one Greek word, doxa. All of them, just one word, Greek word, doxa. And how it translates solely depends upon the context. To worship, it means to esteem with worth. It's to give something or somebody worth. It's to give somebody honor. It's to place high value on something. What does worship mean? Worship means any, anything or anyone you ascribe worth to. Are we tracking here? Anything you ascribe worth to and they receive and accept it, you are worshiping it. I'm going to repeat that. Anyone or anything you ascribe worth to, that they in some way or form receive and accept it, you are worshiping that. Okay. 
Is there anything that competes with God in your life? Even if there is a remote possibility of something even competing with God in your life, God hates that. It's called idol worship. Someone say idol worship. Whoa, pastor, come on, let's not go there. You're, being, you're sounding too spiritual. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm just preaching the Bible. You worship what you focus on. What your life is built on, what you spend time studying, what you spend time, you know, reading and, and learning and watching. The people that you spend time with more than you spend time. These are the people that you probably worship. Some of us worship the news. No, Pastor, I don't watch CNN or, or you know, I don't worship CNN. I don't worship, uh, you know, uh, what are the other, NBC. I don't worship Fox. I, I don't, I don't, no, no, that's not, like, it's more, some of us are just so engrossed. We're influenced by the news so much. I see your fears go up every single, I have people, okay, that come up, Pastor, you better stock up. You better stock up. War is coming. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what are you talking I don't care. I, I don't care. God's got my, you know, Pastor, gas prices are going up. I saw it on the news yesterday. Cases are going up, Pastor, Pastor. Always afraid and scared. You're, some of us need to stop watching the news, folks. For some of us, our idols, we worship our talents. We're, we're worshiping our talents, our abilities. For some of us, we're worshiping our job. For some of us, we're worshiping sports. <clears throat> Come on, somebody, go Cowboys. We're, some of us, some of us, we worship our kids. Oh, there's none like our kids. Have you seen them? There is nothing wrong with my kids. There is no sin in them. See, here's the thing. The reason we worship things is because we can only worship what we know well. See, you have to worship something. As, God created be as God's created beings, we were made to worship. Originally, to worship God. To ascribe worth to Him. But the problem is, you have to know what you worship. And the problem with Christians and believers is that you just don't know God that well to ascribe worth to Him. See, because I... I know my job so well. I find my worth in it. I, I, I know my kids so well and I see so much of potential. I send them to this practice and this practice and this training and this training and I know they're gonna achieve great things. I put my trust in my skills because I have these abilities that I put. Yeah, Because I know them so well. See, you cannot worship beyond what you know about that person. It's, it's very limited. Worship is limited to what you know. And the problem with so many of us is we struggle to worship God because we're standing on Sunday mornings and we're like, I just don't know what to do right now because I just don't have this no relationship with this God. You become like what you worship, church. Did you know that? You become like what you worship. If you worship your fear, anxiety, and doubt, you will become that. I'm telling you. You know, Jesus' last week of ministry, you, the people come up to him and say, hey, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus, give us the great, greatest commandment. Jesus takes the 613 laws that God gave Moses. Uh, he, he takes those. And the, the time of David, it came down to 15. And the time of Micah, that came down to three. He takes those three and breaks that down into two. And the first part, he says, thou shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's what he said. 
He said, that's what you do in Luke 10 and, and, and in verse number 37. He said that. When I position, here's the thing, what that verse is telling me this, when I position Christ, right, at the center of my life, that's true worship. When I give him his rightful place in my life, that's true worship. That word love is associated with the word worship. And that has to do with mind, that has to do with heart. Worship is focusing my attention, my heart, giving my heart to God. Worship is giving my mind that, that, that I decide in my life that worship cannot be circumstantial. It can be, it can be moment, it can be shifting. It can be, I'm gonna worship when times are good and when my mind tells me to worship and when my mind tells me that it's not, I can't switch on and off worship. Worship is about giving your complete strength. Worship is about expressing your affection to God. Because in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Worship team, would you guys get ready? He says, you are the royal priesthood. And what do you and I do? We, we are the priesthood. What do we do? This is, this, is what we're, this is what we're called to do. We are called to be priests that render worship to God. It's your purpose to be expressive in our love. It, worship is about being expressive. Someone say expressive. expressive. That's what the verses that we read talked about. Oh, brother, brother I'm not that expressive. I'm, I'm not on the worship team. I'm not a worship leader that's just like lifting up hands and that's loud. I don't get emotional, pastor. That's not, that's not me. You know, I just like to come and just spend some time in worship. Psalms 100, verse 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Who? Oh, you worship team. Oh, you people that know how to play instruments. Oh, you pastors. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach us about worship this morning. No, 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 no. It says all the earth that includes you. That includes the sun and the moon and the star, everything that God has created. The Bible says, shout to the Lord, all the earth, every creation of his shouts to him. And God is looking at you and me and saying, man, I want you to shout. He says, worship with gladness. Come singing with joy. Come on, I need us to understand this. He doesn't say, come singing with a key. You don't need a key to sing, y'all. Classic, classic example is me. You don't need tone. Like sometimes Sonia looks at me and says, Ashish, just stick to your calling. Just, just preach. Leave the singing to me. Like I can't start a song during family prayer. Everybody just looks at me weird. You don't need a key. You don't need to mu be musically inclined, to, to lean into singing. I, I encourage you as you come into the presence of God, not just in your personal life, in the presence of God in worship, sing. The lyrics are up there. Sing, open your mouth and sing to the Lord because when you declare, here's what I'm, what I'm, it, it's not that God wants it. It's not that God is like sitting there and saying, come on, sing to me. I'm feeling good right now. No, no, no. It's for you. It's for you to be reassured and know this, these qualities of God that you're singing about. It's for you and for me to be reminded of who this God is. See, what you say and the work that you ascribe to God doesn't change who God is. You know that? Like, it doesn't make God better. And if you don't sing, it doesn't make God any lesser. He's always going to be God. 
But what worship and expression of worship does, when you sing, when, when we lift our hands and worship, when we say, Lord, I surrender, when we declare God's goodness and sing and be loud, you know, it doesn't matter how loud you are, just be loud. You're reminding yourself of the God that you serve. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Some of you are like, oh, I don't feel like it, Pastor. This Sunday, I'm just like out of it. You're out of it. Uh, I just didn't have a great week. I don't feel like... See, worship is not predicated on how you feel. Worship is predicated on who He is. It's not your feelings over here. It's you reminding yourself about who God is, His goodness, His love. It doesn't change. It doesn't... Psalms 98 verse 4 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Two words, make and break forth. Make. You want to hear what the meaning of that word make is in the original language? It means make. It means create. It means out of nothing, just make. Am I talking? Just It's simple. Someone say it's simple. It's, it's not a, oh, only if I know I can sing. You may not know the tune. You may not know the scale. You have no idea what's going on. But when the lyrics come on there, you don't have to be in tune. You don't have to be on note. I don't care what, I don't even know the musical terms. You don't have to. Just do what I do. I just start saying the words. I start rapping the words. If that's what you're comfortable with, rap it out in Jesus' name. Some of you are not liking this. I'm, I'm declaring this, y'all. Make a joyful noise. Just make a joyful noise. Some, sometimes at home, out of nowhere, I'm like, Woo! And Michaela's like, what happened, Dad? I was like, nothing. I'm, I was just thanking Jesus. And she was like, okay. It says, break forth into joyous song and sing, break forth, which means there are things that might hold you back. Situations that might hold you back. Things that might hold you back and say, don't make a joyful noise. Your, your situations don't work. Like, are you crazy? Why are you making a joyful noise right now? Job, are you crazy? Break forth. Go through that. Go through the pain. Go through the stress. Go through the impossible situations. Break out and say, God, if, if God is for me, there's nothing that can be against me. Stand up to your feet, church. Stand up to your feet. Worship has to do with estimation. It has to do with giving God worth, like ascribing worth. Praise is the articulation of that estimation. It's the articulation of that estimation. They go hand in hand. Some of y'all wonder why I stand in the front and dance like a crazy man. I do because of what I've been through in my life. I can't explain to you what worship has done for me. I can write a book on it. In fact, I will. Thank you, Lord, for that idea. I want to write books. Maybe God's going to give me that idea to write a book. But that's why I do it. I know it looks weird. Yesterday, I was jumping up and down with the girls at home. I don't know where I got the energy from, being fasting and everything. And, and Michaela looked at me, and she gave me an amazing compliment. She says, Dada, your tummy is jiggly. I was like, God! get out of here. She said, she, she, she jiggled my tummy. And she said, your tummy is jiggly, daddy. I was like, thank you. That makes me feel like a million bucks right now. And I'm aware that what, what I do, and that's what David did, right? David was like dancing and his wife comes up to him and says, dude, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself. Here's what religion will always do. Religion will always try to squash 
the spirit of God that is within you. David is worshiping from experience. He's like, man, I killed a lion and a, and a, and a bear. You, you have no idea, girl, what you're talking about. Like you're looking at your husband, that has to be prim and proper, but you have no idea that little boy that I was in the middle of the desert when nobody saw me, I worship my God. And what got me out of those situations is praise and worship in the face of impossible. I wrote those hymns, I wrote those songs, and those are what got me to where I am. Don't say I'm praising silently. You can't do that. It's impossible to praise silently. Praise God with everything you've got. The very breath in our nostrils. What He did yesterday in your life, what He's going to do tomorrow. I want to assure you, my God has got you covered. And whatever you're going through in your life, I want to assure you that God is with you. Can I finish reading this passage and we'll, we'll hand it over to the worship team? At that moment, they began to sing and give praise. Oh, this is good. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Do you know that my God can cause confusion in the enemy's camp? When the children of God start praying together, every weapon formed against you and wielded against you and that threatened you in the name of Jesus will be dealt with by itself. You will stand and see the victory of God when your focus is on praise and worship. Your focus is not on all these other things. I just want to leave you with this. Sometimes we focus so much on the pain that we don't focus on God. My dad would always tell me, Ashish, an empty mind is a devil's workshop. The empty mind of a Christian is always finding stuff to do. People to talk about gossip, this, that. What do I do? What do I do? What trouble do I cause? But when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, when I, I ain't got time for that, is what you got to say. I ain't got time for that. My eyes are fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. And when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground so far as they could not see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of stuff. Oh, this is good. Verse 27. And they returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, full of joy that the Lord had given them the victory over the enemies. Remember that he is the lifter of your head. He is the lifter. You are the head and not the tail. That's what the Bible reminds you. When the battle is done, when the impossible situation is done, when you learn how to trust in Jesus and put your faith in Jesus, I want to reassure you and I want to tell you that you will still come out as the leader. They re return to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them. I pray that God will give you the ability to still lead your family no matter what you've been through, no matter what pain you have been through, no matter what impossible situation drove you to where you are today. I want to remind you that God has a plan for you and you will still come out victorious. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.